Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. With me is my co-host, a man who can literally teach sales with one hand tied behind his back, Darren Cecil. Filling in for Darren, the amazing Anne Bonnie. And what are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about email communication, Dave. Wouldn't this be better served than an email? <laughs> no, and that's why we're talking about it. Should we have a meeting about the email? I think we should have a meeting about the meeting. Maybe we should hit me- meeting, effective meetings next time. I think we did that, didn't we? We should have. If we didn't, we should. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we did that. Look look at us, folks, you know. It was a very memorable episode. Yeah, yeah, please write us and tell us about it. <laughs> so, so, I mean, what's the big deal about email communication? I mean, we, it's efficient, right? People read it at their leisure. They don't have to answer the phone if they're busy doing something. It's all good, done, yeah. okay, five-minute podcast, not even. <laughs> do it more. Well, that's the thing is so many people, uh, as soon as I said do it more, we're like, no. We've got to learn how to do it better because email is an important, efficient, effective way to communicate if you're using it right and and communicating right in it, through it. You just said the most important words in this entire podcast, and we haven't said the rest of the words yet. If you're doing it right. Right. Because I I, I got a couple stories along these lines. Um, when I, where to go? So let me actually go less in the past, more in a, more in a, well, more recent past. How's Let's that? Let's jump to the future, Dave. Let's show them that superpower. Okay. It's now 10 seconds in the future. Um, do you like how that worked? That was pretty good. Yeah. So we're actually going to go in the past. And when I, my first uh, coaching client, uh, who was a friend of mine. So we started off, we were, we were friendly competitors. We met at a training uh, where we attended and, and we just got along great. And when I sold my business, he, and started coaching, actually he got me coaching because he said, Hey, can you come work for me? And I said, you can't afford me. He said, well, can you help me and my wife? They were young. I mean, you know, they're, everyone's younger than me. Um, but you know, but they were, they were significantly younger than me and, and they had a 10 year old business that had been stagnant and long story, just a little shorter. I spent a couple of years working for him uh, in a coaching uh, and consulting capacity. And every now and then, like there'd be some issue with a client and I'd see him start to email and I'd be like, whoa, pick up the phone. Yeah. People don't know when to email and when not to. Right. Rule number one is when it could be misunderstood. It could be uh offensive it could be negative pick up the phone yeah you know what i always tell people all the time and there's a, there's a very well quoted statistic that 97% of all communication is non well it's not the words right it's tonality or nonverbal i think right. it's like uh, 55 or 65 is is nonverbal right mm-hmm. it's all body language and then, yeah, that's it. Tone and 38, voice, yeah. th- 38% is tonality. Right? So when you're sending an email, you're losing 90, uh, 93% of your, of your medium. 
And that's tough. What, what if somebody's in a bad mood? They right. got up on the wrong side of the bed. That's my, I have a spilled coffee rule of, of email. I just assume whoever I'm emailing just spilled coffee in their lap and they're looking to get offended. And so I add the fluff. I add, you know, I make sure I read it again, make sure it sounds, because I can write an email in my tone of voice. Hey, Dave, need that report Friday. Thanks. And, and if you just spilled coffee in your lap and you're having a bad day and you're a little bit miffed at me, you're going to read that. Hey, Dave, need that report Friday. Thanks. And, and suddenly we're in a fight. It's funny. I can't, if I had a nickel for every email I started where I was, you know, Joe Friday, the facts, nothing but the facts. Hey, you just want to know what's going on with this. And then I stop and I go, how are you? What's going on in your weekend? I look back at my notes. They go, how's Michael, your son, or, you know, whatever it might be. And I add that in because it's like, wow. Add the fluff because you never know the the tone of voice they're going to read the email in. And it's worth taking a couple extra seconds to add that little, hey, Dave, hope you had a great weekend. Looking forward to seeing that report Friday. Let me know if you need any help. I appreciate you know your help with this. And it just takes a couple extra seconds, but I'm going to save myself a ton of time down the road trying to repair our relationship. If it's even repairable, you just right. don't know. And having said all that, it still may not work. Sure. Right. Right. You just don't know what kind of mood somebody's in. And frankly, <clears throat> be careful about what you're, what you're sending email and how, right. Mm-hmm. It's when I was at priority moving, um, we actually had multiple ways of, and we talked about this all the time. So back then, of course, um, things like WhatsApp <clears throat> or Slack or <clears throat> excuse me, Those services didn't exist yet, but we did have AOL Instant Messenger. And and right now there's probably a whole host of people going, AOL, what's that? (laughs) It's one of the early email services, folks, as well as uh, sort of web platforms. It was a one size fits all sort of thing. It's hard to explain, but just- And those of us who started our life with email, with AOL, salivated every time we heard, you've got mail. (laughs) <laughs> what's that movie there's what's that that's oh uh, tom hanks and meg ryan right 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 so if you don't know what we're talking about imdb that um yeah so uh, instant messenger was very much like slack or whatsapp obviously but we used it internally in the office and we so we kind of had these standards like how important is this thing for people to know um because it would it would sit on top of your screen. So whatever you were working on, it would show up on top. So if, you know, if it was, if it was important, I needed you to respond right away, but not so important that I had to go find you. Right. Cause we're, we're a big office, right. We would, we would instant messenger it. If it was something that I needed you to know and have, and I wanted a record of, and that also gave us a record, by the way, right. Mm-hmm. If I needed to have a record, but it wasn't that critical, I would email it. Right. Cause one of our rules was if you weren't in sales, don't check your email every 10 minutes, right? That disrupts your workflow, mm-hmm. right? So a couple times a day, that was it. So that relegated the less time critical, I don't want to say important, but less time critical communication to email, which kept our email box clean, mm-hmm. you know? 
And, and, and this brings up an important point that I talk about a lot in communication in general is have standards for how you're going to use these channels with your teams, because we have so many communication channels. You need a quick answer. I am me or text me. You need a little bit more research or this needs to be on record. Put it in an email. You know, I mean, like have those standards, whatever they are for your team. Yeah. You know, by the way, that's something else that it's just sort of one of my pet peeves is people just use text for everything. And, you know, they'll send me links and I'm like, I don't want to look at this on my phone. Right. You know? Yep. Can't you email this to me? Yeah. And I'm at, and I could type with 10 fingers. I learned touch typing a heck of a lot faster than with two thumbs. Right. When a keyboard that's actually too small and I always hit the space bar instead of the N or the B. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and perhaps for some, I'm the same way, Dave, and I think that makes us old, but that's okay. For some people, they may prefer to do it on their phone and, and that's fine too. Just decide as a team, how you're going to use those channels so that everybody's kind of on the same page and, and, uh, and using the channels the way that is going to work best for your workflow. Right. And what we're really talking about here is just a really fine subset of respecting other people. Mm-hmm. Right, respecting their time, their energy, their effort, you know, who they are and communicating with people in, to some degree in a way they prefer to be communicated with, but, and, and, and this is a, but not an end. Um, if you're talking about working with your team, and this is where I think it's different between leadership versus sales. If I'm in a sales role, and you're my prospect, I want to communicate with you the way you prefer to be communicated. Yes. No exceptions. I don't, I don't force my way on you. I mm-hmm. adapt your way. If it's my team, then as a group, we come up with the standards you just pointed out. And then we adhere to those standards. Yes. And it's so funny that you bring that up as far as communicating with your clients, the way they want to be communicated with. I once took over a new client when I worked for Les Mills, I took over a new client and I messaged her and I was like, Hey, I'm looking forward to working with you. I'm Anne. Here's the situation. How do you like to get messages? And I specifically asked her, you know, do you like text? Do you like phone? Do you like email? And she said, (laughs) she was very concise. And all her email said was emails, bullets, minimum three, maximum five. And that was like all the email said. I was like, hey, cool. At least now I know how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that brings up another important point is that the beauty of text and instant message is we are concise. And I know a lot of people, and I have been a, definitely guilty of this in the past, but that I use all the words on an email. It's like the difference between packing to check a bag and packing to carry on. <laughs> You know, you, when you pack to carry on, you're like, okay, I need one pair of shoes. I need, I'll make my outfit sufficient. When I'm taking a big suitcase, I'm chucking it all in. And sometimes people feel that way with email, which can make the delete button really attractive to your recipient. Wow. What, what great advice. Yeah. Think about how many times when I'm forced to, to carry, to not to carry on forced to, cause I'm a, I'm a, I'm a carry on when all possible. Um, you, you know, we've done we've done multi-day retreats together where, you know, some of our cohorts and I think even you, you know, show up, blah, 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 blah. Um, they do. They do. Not you. Go oh, ahead. <laughs> oh, they show up with the massive suitcases and, and, you know, yes. right. They, they, they need a baggage train just to get to the retreat center. And I'm walking in with two carry-ons for the same period of time. Right. 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 But, you know, for me, one pair of underwear can last a lot longer. Um, 
Wow. Is that TMI? Yes, Dave. Yes, it was. Okay. They well, know now though. It's okay. It's okay. Cause we're <laughs> not editing this, um, but, but this is the thing. Like when you're thinking about writing your emails, one pair of underwear will do like be concise use, you know, think about it. My brother's rule was if I'm writing an email and I have to scroll down to see the bottom of it, I make, finish the email and then make it my goal to cut a third. That's, that, that's actually also great advice, mm-hmm. but this is your harmonica blowing brother. Well, no, my brother plays a guitar with a guy who plays the harmonica. Oh, I my brother's both, the guitar one. I thought they were both playing. I both I saw videos where they both had I thought I not that I know of. I've never seen my brother play the harmonica, but Charlie's a good teacher. So it could could be true. (laughs) Okay, Uh, it's it's great music, folks, but I'll let Ann plug him. Um, (laughs) You got to like you got to like the blues, though, you know, Um, crosscutkings.com. If you want to check out my brother's music. So what was that one more time? Crosscutkings.com. Thank you. Ann. at any rate, Oh, so when I, when I do get forced to, to check a bag, then it's like, I might want to go swimming. Oh, I'll pack my swim. What the heck? Here's swims. Here's my swim goggles. Um, you know, I know I haven't run in 20 years. I'm going to put the running <laughs> shoes in there anyway. I'm going to start on this trip. No, totally. And so, you know, read back through your email. Do I need all of this? Now, Uh, there's two sides to this, right? We want our emails to be complete and thorough. So there's not a whole lot of back and forth, but we also want to minimize the amount of words used so that people will actually read them. Because whether we like it or not, we live in a soundbite society where people are reading 140 characters. And if it's more than that, they really consider whether it's worth it. (laughs) So if we are able to be concise, I love bullets. If I've got a lot of information, I bullet it out because it forces me to be concise and it's easier and quicker to read. Yeah, there's some caution I would put there. And this could just be my personal prejudice because again, when I grew up, when I see emails with improper grammar or improper, um, and I don't mean, and and this is the exception for me, I think there's common um, acronyms, you know, IMHL, right? That's fine. We know what that means. But I have seen correspondence with no capitalization, no punctuation, just like somebody's texting. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the business of persuasion, that can only work against you. Especially because- with clients. Yes. Because they're going to question your competence if you can't even write a well, you know, a proper English email. Yeah. Well, right. Exactly. It needs to be well-crafted. And so concise doesn't mean taking those kind of shortcuts. Good point. Excellent point. Yep. You still, yeah, you still want it to make sense and be complete words um, and, you know, use proper grammar and everything. Absolutely. Without question. But yeah. we all know that sometimes we use 10 words where we could use five. And, you know, brevity is the soul of wit, right? And, Yes. Well said. See? That's all it <laughs> I, took. I didn't think you had it in you. Um, <laughs> you imagine if I had actually gone to that 10-day meditation retreat where I had to be quiet for 10 days? I, I probably I, would have exploded. I tried to imagine it. I love <laughs> that. Your head exploded. Yes. Well, there's that commercial. Uh, 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 it's a Geico commercial where they're like, and, and she's like, yeah, my, 
my sister got thrown out of one of those silent retreats for talking. No, for grand larceny. Uh, (laughs) I think of you every time I hear that commercial. That's funny. Yeah. All right. So be brief, which we've already exceeded, but we're not writing. We're talking. So it's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Use the right medium. Consider tone of voice. I've actually. Go ahead. Thank you. I've actually put in sort of, uh, I'm not sure what the word term is, like sort of stage directions, like, you know, in a happy voice sort of thing in parentheses, like I can't remember exactly what I've done, but I've done that on occasion. Or you put emojis are great, by the way, for that. They can be, though. Some people see them as passive aggressive in an email. Again, if they've spilled coffee on their lap and they're looking to be offended and they already have a problem with you, that little boop, boop, boop could come off as like a sarcastic smile. Unfortunately, I've heard a, a lot of people say that. So be careful with that. Just make sure you know them. Yeah, that's that's also sound advice. Although, I don't know, if somebody's having that kind of bad day. You might want to avoid them altogether. Yeah. Well, well and this is one of the things that oftentimes you can identify in the back and forth. There was one time I was working with a contracting company and I was changing my direct deposit and I was going back and forth with the woman who was setting my new bank account up. And with my old bank, I was getting the money on Friday. And then with my new bank, I was getting the money on Monday. And so I was emailing her and just having kind of a quick back and forth um, asking her about this. And, and, and I said, well, you, is this a new thing? Because usually I get the money on Friday and then I get an email back, all caps, no greeting, no nothing that says it always comes on Monday. And I knew at this moment that this woman was not pleased with me. And I went back and I read the emails in that angry tone of voice. And I was like, oh crap. She probably gets a lot of crap from other people that in my position, and she's probably reading this in a defensive way. I immediately picked up the phone to call, to talk to her because I did not want the person in charge of my direct deposit mad at me. So I called up and the receptionist put me through and said who it was. And she literally got on the phone and was like, yes. Cause I think she thought I was going to like be mad or whatever. Well, I was like, right. Hey, you know, I'm so sorry. I just wanted to make sure that I understood what was going on. And I knew we'd go back and forth. So I figured a phone call would just be easier. I hope that's okay. And she was like, Oh yeah. Okay. And, and then she ended up explaining it to me and it made perfect sense. And, and I was happy and she was happy and everything was fine. Um, but like you said, I had to add that tone of voice in so that she could tell that I was, you know, not being like, well, you know, which is so easy to happen on email. Absolutely. And it's, you know, you just brought up another point that I've made many, many a time with clients, which is if you're trying to get something resolved right now, email, 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 email. Yes. You to say, yeah, obviously not. Email is not the way to do it. If there's going to be back and forth. Yeah. Right. You can't, you can't have a conversation. You can have a conversation, but it's a lengthy conversation. It's the same with text. I get that all the time where people I'm like trying to explain. I'm like, what am I doing? Hit the call button, pick it up. Right. It is still a phone folks. Yeah. It does work. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and again, when you, as soon as you do that, you're adding in the tone of voice, which is so much easier when it comes to building relationships and making sure not only is your message coming across, but your intent as well. Yeah, and it's it's kind of, there's an irony here because you know back in the day when all selling was face to face, right? All selling. We've actually come full circle now with Zoom. 
and other, mm-hmm. you know, video conference and the ubiquitous, and we're all used to it now, thanks to the pandemic, right? Every dark cloud has a silver lining. And I think that is definitely one of the huge ones. Back in the day, you had to actually go in person someplace. You'd fly somewhere in a country if it was a big ticket thing or got in your car and drove and whatever it was. And then the telesales people, they were always seen as, you know, working with one hand tied behind their back because they didn't have the body language piece. You and can't it's hard. build in the, yeah, build the relationship. Can't build that. Well, you can. It's just, there's different skills involved. It's much more difficult to do it's a greater challenge and, and people doing telesales they had to be really good at it now you go to email forget about it it's not going to happen right or it's really really challenging maybe maybe really really challenging in my mind and when i get an e- unsolicited email from somebody i have no relationship with i'm like what's the angle right always yeah. And anytime I get somebody reaching out through my website or whatever to possibly hire me and they're, you know, asking, what's, are you available this day? What's your question? You know, what's your fee? Blah, 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 blah. I'm always like, Hey, let's go ahead and schedule a zoom or a phone call so that we can actually build that relationship because I'm not going to do that over the phone, especially as a speaker. Yeah. And I think I shared this with you. I know I shared this with you personally. I don't remember if I talked about this in a podcast, but I, you know, I recently lost an engagement because uh, the person who I had a relationship with, I mean, we've been in contact for probably six months at this point, both on the phone, Zoom and email, right? So this was not, and she'd, she'd return my call. She'd be apologetic if there was a long delay because stuff comes up and we all know that, you know, and, and it was no big deal. And then I got the email I was waiting for, which was, you know, hey, how much for speaking engagement, you know, for this length of time? And I remember thinking to myself, I should pick up the phone. Cause that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know her. And then I look back and I said, well, I've already sent her my pricing. I'll just answer, you know, and I'll have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Crickets. Right. How do you make a cricket sound? I'm not even sure how to do it. That's wrong. That sounds sound like a pig. A really yeah. <laughs> pig. I can do a pig. <laughs> anyway, don't, folks, don't cricket me. sound, you know, mm. which, which is funny. Cause we say crickets, but they make a sound when it was really silence, you know? Right. I guess the cricket sort of enhances the silence. Um, you don't hear the crickets until it's silent. Right, right. And so crickets and time went by and it turns out that they're like, they didn't have the budget for me. Right. And if I had picked up the phone, I may have been able to come to a reasonable accommodation. Oh, no. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. When they, they're, if you're on the phone with them, they're much more likely to talk to you about it, fall in love with you, want to make an, a, a, you know, want to figure it out to pay your fee or willing to say, hey, Dave, you know what? That's not in our budget. Here's our budget. How can we still work together? And you're having that conversation. Right. The email just kind of stops the conversation. That's exactly right. So the worst that could have happened on the phone is the same thing that happened by email. But with the email, there was no best. There was no upside. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I learned my lesson. You know, no matter how good that relationship is, when I get that email question, I'm on the phone. Let's have a yeah. response. Let's have a conversation. Right. And, and sometimes I have gotten pushed back. People saying, hey, I'm really busy. I just need to answer these questions. And then I'll say, OK, fine. You know, and I'll and I'll do a very carefully worded email because I'm not going to push the phone call if somebody's like, yeah, no, I don't want to go on the phone. 
but more often than not, they're happy to jump on the phone. And then again, we can build that relationship. And this could be my prejudice in here, but my experience, at least the way I view it, if they're not willing to have that conversation, they're really not interested in you. They just want a number. Right, exactly. They're looking for the lowest number. Or they're looking to see, maybe they're interested in somebody else and they want to go, is that a reasonable number? And they're using you as a benchmark. Right. There's a lot of different reasons, but if they're really interested in you, they will get on the phone. Right. Exactly. Or your product. Yep. Yeah. Another big thing when it comes to uh, emails that helps people to be able to manage their inboxes is the subject line. Mm. Putting in the subject line, unless you're a marketer and you're getting all fancy, put what's in the email in the subject line. You know, and if it gets, if it starts going back and forth and that conversation changes, change the subject line so that people can manage their inbox by quick glance and not have to open everything and look what's in there. Yeah. And when, when you have re, 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 um, you know, what are we doing on New Year's? And in fact, it's now 4th of July. Right. Uh, yeah. Thinking you probably um, hijacked that thread, as they say. Right. Exactly. And change the change the subject line. Make sure because, again, people may also want to file things and, you know, put it in a folder to find it later. If it's, you know, good information or whatever, having the subject line clear is so important. And when we talked about standards of communication, and how we used the communication channels, this is another place where you can put some standards in place to really help you manage your inbox. For example, an old boss of mine, she said, if I am looking for an answer from you, the subject line is going to read response needed and then sales numbers for November. If I just want you to have the information, it's going to start with FYI, sales numbers for November. That way, you know what I'm expecting. And if it's an FYI, you can read it whenever you get to it. But if it's a response needed, you know I'm waiting for an answer. Wow. I, I don't know who she is, but I love her. Um, I mean, that, that appeals to the, you know, the military man in me, that standardization. And yes. we, we used to do stuff. I never did that with emails, but that's brilliant. And I'm going to steal that and mm-hmm. not going to send her any money at all. You don't like her. Oops. I didn't just say that out loud. Did I? She, she was an effective boss with email. <laughs> Okay. Loud and clear. (laughs) Over and out. Yeah. But yeah, no, but it was a great way for us to all know and get the answers we wanted because so often you send an email and it just drops into a black hole and she wanted to avoid that happening. And so that was an easy way for us all to be able to say, Hey, I need an answer on this, or this is just for your information. And and it's funny because we could have used that when the moving company got sold, the new owner was like, What's all this then? No, we're just using email. It's much more effective. And I'm like, my head's exploding going, wait a second. And, and then, of course, he's one of these people that does a reply all. Oh, folks, folks, oh, oh. If everybody doesn't need to hear your answer. Do not reply all. I'm going to say that one more time. Oh, say it three now, times, please, Dave. If everybody doesn't need to know your answer, then only hit reply. In fact, set up your email default reply to be reply, not reply all. So you have to consciously reply all. Unless there's some legal reason that that paper trail or approval or whatever needs to happen, really, really think carefully when you reply all. Oh man. That's the easiest way to lose your credibility as an in email. When people start seeing junk come through. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, even if you are really um, disciplined about checking your email, so most people are not, of course, so it disrupts your flow. And that's a whole nother conversation on, on work productivity. Um, but even if you're super disciplined and you, you know, clear, clear your inbox in the morning, clear it when you, before you go to lunch, maybe when you get back from lunch and then before you go at the end of the day, that's kind of how I try and do it. Having to wait through all these reply alls and saying, I'm in, can't wait. I'm excited. Oh, frowny face, not going to make it. You- I don't care. Right. Yeah. I actually had somebody get upset with me once when I said, Hey guys, can you not reply all it was some, and it, it was some innocuous, like, you know, high school buddies getting together sort of stuff. And I don't even know. And it didn't relate to me. I, I like accidentally ended up in this thread. It's terrible. And then you can't get off of it. Yeah. Well, and so for that, you know, if you're the one sending a big email to a lot of people, one of the things that I used to do is if I, yeah, yeah you, I can see your face. You know exactly what I'm going to say. Yes. Um, if I'm sending an email about Dave's promotion, Dave got a promotion. Congratulations, Dave. I'm going to put everybody but Dave in the blind copy. Then they can't reply all. And you don't get the congratulations, Dave. Congratulations, Dave. 80 billion of these coming through your email. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Thank you for saying that. Right. Because it starts with the person starting the email thread. Yeah. You, you Once it's out there, man, it's it's you're sunk. Yeah. 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 And to that, to the blind copy thing, especially when we're talking about clients, if you're doing a group email to clients, make sure you have people in blind copy and that you're not sharing emails. This is a huge thing that drives me nuts because so many entrepreneurs and you know marketers will grab emails wherever they can get them. And then all of a sudden you're on somebody's list. And again, especially with clients, it's a great way to get on somebody's brown list. Yeah, that's a list you don't want to get on. And oh, you're still muted, Dave. He muted a cough. I should have said something in the meantime, but I ah. figured he'd be back soon. <laughs> yes, and I'm back. And I said the most brilliant things in the world that was life changing, and now I can't remember them. Um, it's like Steve Martin. I had something really important to say. What is it? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, now I remember. I'm radioactive. Shake. You know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, where was I going with this? Um, Blind copying people so you don't give away people's emails. Oh, oh, yeah. And if you're sending marketing emails, folks, use a service, you know, one of the email services that allow people to opt out. Not only is it the law, it's also really courteous, you know, so don't put somebody on there randomly. Oh, I met you at a networking function. I gave him my card. That doesn't mean I'm accepting going on your list. Okay. And it's, and it's bad by the way, it's, not only is it bad from a persuasion perspective, because if you're going to do that, you know, what else are you going to do? That's nefarious and underhanded. Mm-hmm. It's illegal. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, just ask for people's permission. People affirmatively sign up for my list. If you're interested in my newsletter, go to my webpage, you sign a form, you know, you're getting that newsletter and then you can opt out at any time. Yeah. And again, make sure that if you are sending a whole bunch of emails to the same or same email to a whole bunch of email addresses, if they don't all know each other and they're not okay with everybody being on there, put it in the blind copy. Even if they do know each other. Perhaps. 
Um, yeah, depending on the situation. I would say unless it's important that everybody can see everybody else's response. Right, right. Yeah. Or that people know who's on the email. Sometimes in professional situations, you're going to want to make sure people can look back and say, hey, did Susie get this? Okay, great. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 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 I, but I, again, I, be intentional about it. Um, and again, you can reply all and then take some people out before you send it. So maybe only half of the team needs the, the reply to, you know, whatever you're replying all, but you don't want to type everybody in. Fine. Great. Hit reply all, then go into the address area and take some people out if they don't need to hear that reply. And, you know, we're asking people to actually be technical savvy enough to do this. And if you're struggling with it, talk to your tech department. Yeah, exactly. Get the guidance you need to be able to email effectively, because otherwise you're going to be pissing people off and persuasion goes out the window. Yeah. And and the last thing, and I'm going to say this in all caps, <laughs> don't shout at people in email. All caps is always yelling. Yeah. Have you ever got any, I mean, I do, I get emails where it's all caps and I'm like, Oh, I'm like holding my ears. I'm like going, yeah, right. Oh my God, I can't read this. It's just making my ears bleed. Oh crap. What did I do? Right. Right. Yeah. And it, somebody had their cap locks was stuck. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, and I, and I used to work with somebody who worked in a software system that you had to be in caps and he would just forget to turn it off. And I'm like, dude, remember to turn it off. Cause our customers are getting mad. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean you can't capitalize a word. That's not that that's emphasis. Right? Yes. A word is emphasis. A sentence yep. is a yell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. All right. Have we hit all the email etiquettes? We you know, we said, we said, add the fluff, come up with standards of communication, be concise, know when to pick up the phone, be specific with your subject line, watch out for the reply all, use blind copy nicely, and don't yell at people. Those are the big ones. I think so. And if you're not real clear, you didn't write all this down, you don't want to go back and listen, just, you know, let us know and Anna will email it to you. There you go. I'll email you a very thorough list that takes three minutes to scroll down to the bottom of. And you won't read it. it, And it'll be in all caps. All caps, multiple fonts and colors. But that's a whole different email. That's a a different uh, podcast. We're going to leave it. We're going to leave it there. So, all right. Well, it's been fun as always, Ed. We'll uh, see you guys next time. You as well, Dave. I'll email you. All right. Looking forward to it. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. My name's Dave Rosenberg. And this is Darren Cecil. Visit our websites at LockedOnLeadership.com or DarrenCecil.com. Follow us on social media. You can find the links in the show notes. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them.